0: This is a BoardWalk Audio podcast.
1: everyone and welcome to cosmos and the city my name is megan mckeever and i'll be your gal pal drinking buddy today so we got to talk about valentine's day because it's this week and you know valentine's day is that stupid day of love but right now in the sex in the city world there's not a lot of love i don't know if you know about all the hoopla going around with uh Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. But I, I'm not gonna have an opinion on it because I don't know them. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know them. I don't know what went down. Only they do. All I can say about it is that it makes me sad. Sometimes there are certain people that are meant to be in your life for a certain amount of time, and then they're not supposed to be in your life. And I think that's okay. And uh, I hope they both find peace. That's all. So, happy Valentine's week. And uh, here we go. So this week, our guest is Brad Silnitzer, and we're watching episode five, entitled The Power of Female Sex. And if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City or on Twitter at c a t c podcast. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, I mean, what do you guys think about the controversy? Let me know. Hit me up. You can email us at Cosmosandthecity at gmail.com, and we would definitely love to hear from you. This show is brought to you by Boardwalk Audio, and they've got a lot of other awesome podcasts, so head over to BoardwalkAudio.com to check them out. And if you like the show and want to support it, the best way to do so is by shopping. How you ask? Just go to BoardWalkAudio.com slash Cosmos. Click the Support Our Artist button and shop on Amazon like you normally would. All right. Well, enjoy the show, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. (laughs) Hmm.
0: That's so good.
1: Is it good? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's the middle of the day, but in this episode... They drink Cosmos in the middle of the day, so I figure it fits.
0: I feel like that's the number one action in Sex in the City is <laughs> yes. drinking when... Because the show is all about luxury. That's yes. what I didn't realize. It's about a lifestyle that's unattainable for anybody. Right. But it's so quintessentially like 90s. Is that when it was out? Was it 90s or early 2000s? Yeah, th- yeah,
1: the first season is definitely in you the 90s. You can tell 90s. the
0: economy is doing pretty well when the show is out because that's what this whole show is about. It's just like, yeah, we we can drink whenever.
1: Yep, drink whenever, buy expensive shoes. Um, Okay, so welcome to our fifth episode of Cosmos in the City, and today we're talking about the fifth episode of Sex in the City, titled The Power of Female Sex.
0: Yes. So who
1: better than to bring on Brad Silmitzer? So Brad, like, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Yes, I am a stand-up comedian. Cool. And a reality television producer. Mm -hmm. And a former teacher. Nice. I actually taught sex ed in high school. Uh, when I was a teacher, it was part of my duties, was also to teach some sexual education. So watching this is truly horrifying. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Are you allowed to say what you are a producer of?
0: Uh, I was a producer on the show The Bachelor.
1: Yes, yes, big fan of that. So what is your background with Sex and the City? Did you used to watch the show? You know, I
0: remember watching it. I had HBO as a kid, and I remember watching it when I was, like, in my adolescence and getting all horned up and thinking (laughs) I was, like, learning about women. But now I realize, I was talking with a good friend about Sex and the City recently, actually. Mm -hmm. You know her her name's Marissa. She's wonderful. Uh, But Marissa pointed out to me that Sex and the City isn't a show written by women for women. It's a show written by gay dudes who wish they were women.
1: Yes, that is a great point. And
0: so that's the reboot that I would like to see. I would like to see them just remake Sex and the City with four gay guys. Yeah. I think it would be better. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I would watch it as a a little kid and I would like, not a little kid, but like probably puberty time. Yeah, you don't have
1: to age yourself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's important to say I wasn't a little kid when I was getting all horned up watching the show.
1: Right. But you might have been. (laughs) But I thought
0: I was learning. Yeah, I thought I was learning so much. I used it as like a textbook.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't really watch the show when it was, like, airing proper. Yeah. Um, I Kind of maybe the last season, but I kind of started watching it when I was already in college. Yeah. So
0: That's probably a better time to begin than being, like, an 11-year-old boy being like, this is what women are.
1: Were you, like, watching it, like, with you? Because you have a sister.
0: No, I was watching it solo. Okay. I think I would occasionally walk into my mom's room and she'd be watching it. Mm. And until so we'd watch a little bit of it together, then I would get uncomfortable because I didn't want to see that with my mom. And right. then I would just run to another room and watch it by myself.
1: Yeah. That that's always the worst when you're watching stuff with your parents and the uh...
0: Oh, and then the yeah, and then sex pops up in any <laughs> yes. form or fashion. It's
1: just super awkward. Uh cool. So we just watched the episode. Short plot synopsis. What happened?
0: I don't even know. <laughs> I think the big So much. There's so much happens in this episode. Carrie's broke. As always. But it's crazy that this is the whole thing. She lives in Manhattan. She has nice stuff. She's going to all the nicest places. Like she's not. I want to see her eating out of some like bodegas yeah. and just like eating a sad tuna fish sa- sandwich from Seven Eleven inside her car and crying. That's what my broke is.
1: Yes, every once in a while they'll they'll show a shot of her like eating a bowl of noodles, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, that are like ninety nine cent apartment. Yes, from a super from nice her apartment, beautiful
0: condo in New York City,
1: wearing like pearls. Yeah, and, wearing like, like gowns. Like, I don't wear whatever. gowns.
0: <laughs> Like, I'm wearing sweatpants that are Champion brand, which they don't even make anymore, eating, you know, noodles from my apartment.
1: They don't make Champion anymore? I mean, anymore? maybe they
0: do. I haven't seen Champion it's in a long It's at Target. Time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. I
1: think it used to be at Walmart or something. <laughs> yeah. But it moved up. But anyway,
0: <laughs> she's wearing, like, gowns and pearls. Yeah. Uh, while, while complaining about being poor. So anyway, her big problem is that she doesn't have much money. Right. Right? And so she's wondering if she should essentially prostitute herself. She has this friend who's a socialite. She has this friend, what is her name? Amelita. Amelita. Her European friend Amelita, which is the closest thing to a non-white person that we get, (laughs) which is somebody with just like a slight accent. She's tan. The closest thing to a not-white person we get is a tan person. I was looking the whole episode, didn't find a not-white person.
1: No, no. This is not
0: the New York City I know. No. But anyway, (laughs) Amelita is a woman who is essentially like a socialite But it becomes very clear, you know, the big kind of philosophical debate in the episode is whether or not women should essentially (laughs) function as high-end escorts with these men. Right. They don't actually say she's an escort, but they do question whether or not she is. Yes. So that's Carrie's big problem. Should she be hanging with these extremely rich men uh, who will... Pay her after a one-night stand.
1: Yes, and that's Um, what happens. Yeah, and that's
0: what happens. She goes out with this guy. She thinks she's falling for him or at least having some wonderful night. Jill. Jill, like Jill.
1: Like, I think it's like G-I-L, Gill. Gill
0: like Gil. <laughs> Gil. So she goes out with Euro Gil, yes. right? Yes. French. Gil, who she keeps talking about how handsome he is, but I think he looks like a horse.
1: Yeah, he is not attractive. Yeah. And there's zero chemistry between them.
0: I know, because he doesn't understand English very well. <laughs> no,
1: and he doesn't she, get any of her jokes.
0: She's cracking jokes left and right. Everyone's cracking up except for Gil, And she's like, <laughs> we love each other. We had a magical day.
1: And I just don't understand what they talked about all day. Like what did they do all day? Just walk around Central Park and but what did they
0: it was very montagey. We didn't see what they talked about. Yeah, it was like, mostly just them gazing at each other. I just
1: I don't see how that happened, but I
0: think in more modern shows they they understand that what people want is, you know, to see an actual emotional connection with another human being. Yes. You know, I guess she kept saying there's a lot of telling. She kept telling us how charming he was in her in her little monologues, but we never saw him actually be charming. Nope. But I think this was a very like, you know, 90s conception of what charming is. Charming was a nice smile.
1: A nice smile, a rich man. A rich
0: man, yeah. It was tall. all about the money. Yeah. He was tall. I guess he had kind eyes, you could an say accent. that. accent. He did have an accent. Yeah, that was nice.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of what happened with Carrie. Charlotte, I guess, had the second biggest storyline.
0: Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, Miranda was very... <laughs> <laughs> Miranda and Samantha weren't very present in this episode. No. It was a very Carrie-centric episode. I think this is this is season one, though, right? Yeah. I think farther down the line, the other women grow a little bit and have a bigger. Oh, definitely, presence. definitely. Yeah, because I was excited to see what they were up to, but we really—they were just popping in and out of Carrie's life.
1: And I feel like the Charlotte storyline was like just an afterthought. Just like it
0: wasn't really a storyline. There was like this artist. Uh, who she thought maybe wanted to sleep with her, but really he just wanted to sketch her vagina. <laughs>
1: yes. For
0: uh, which, and they were using the c word. He used the c word a lot. Yeah.
1: He
0: he wanted to sketch her cunt as he would say, yes, and that was can... like insane to me, because like it's like if you're an artist and you're talking about I don't know. Anyway, um, so he wanted to sketch her vagina for an art show, but she was worried that he had wanted to sleep with her, uh, but he didn't. He just wanted to sketch her her we vagina
1: and see it. Yeah, and see it. Yeah, his name was Neville Morgan.
0: Neville, great names on this show. Yes, Neville and Gio. Yes, Jill, Jill Jill and Neville. Neville. Yeah, and then let's not forget Miranda did have a brief storyline, which said her sexuality was overpowering poor Skipper.
1: Poor Skipper, Skipper, Skipper,
0: Jill, (laughs) Skipper, Jill, and Neville Neville. were the three main men in this episode.
1: Yes, there was also Carlo who.
0: Right, Carlo with the tiny dick. Yes. Carlo with the tiny dick. Tiny but loads, little penis. A tiny little penis, but he knows how to use it and yes. has lots of money.
1: Yes. Um, he is dating Amelita at first.
0: Dating is, yeah, oh. he's providing well, Amelita with a certain lifestyle.
1: Yes, and we see him two times, but then at the end, she's
0: he's with, with another man. Peter, yeah. Some other
1: dude. I'm like, oh, poor Carlo. I know. And he just bought Carrie those shoes.
0: Yeah, he bought Carrie's shoes. She... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Amelita really does have life figured out. Yeah. In terms of, like, having many financial backers.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think Amelita's definitely living her best life. She's
0: what we call a sugar baby these days. There's websites for that.
1: I had no idea. Yeah, she
0: had various sugar daddies. I'm learning. She provided them with uh, sex and also companionship, it seemed. Mm. And they provided her with lavish gifts and money and lavish gifts for her acquaintance Carrie.
1: Right, and and I guess the point is, is she a hooker? Is that just a high form of hooker? We don't
0: know if she's a hooker. That's really the. <laughs> we don't know how they met. We don't know what she does. Is she a hooker? Is she not a hooker? Or is she just a person who is essentially a high end escort? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess it's like if she her phone number could be found in a business ad yeah. or something. Yeah, is the one- only
0: difference Craigslist is like, do you <laughs> yeah. post yourself or did you meet them at a party?
1: Right. Like organically. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I mean, because if she meets them at a party and she's like, hey, here's the terms of our deal. Or is it more implicit than that?
1: Right. Because, I mean, that could be, you know, if you meet somebody at a party and then, the guy takes you off for dinner or whatever I mean,
0: but she was working it. These weren't guys taking it. She was only seen at the number one restaurant in New York and at an expensive stores. So those were the only places we met her
1: right that's true. They were not walking around the park.
0: no, they weren't walking around the park having more <laughs> more <laughs> yeah, we don't know about their potential emotional connection. All we know is about their financial connections
1: right, so Charlotte ends up going to Neville Morgan's house. Yes. I'm jumping back to Charlotte just real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's go back to Charlotte.
1: Um, And I just think it's really shady because she drives all the way out to his home. Like, you see her pulling down this long dirt road in the middle of nowhere. He brings her into a barn. Yeah, he,
0: she just... First of all, I, th- I, I think all of the men are very creepy in this episode.
1: Totally. All
0: the men are very creepy. We'll start with Neville. But... I mean, I don't. I don't mean to potentially victim blame here, but Charlotte show, drives up a long dirt road to his place. Then he's like, "Let's go into this barn without lighting," and she's like, "Okay, <laughs> yes." <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, at some point, the oh shit button needs to go off where this isn't right. Now it turned out to be okay. He just wanted to show her all of his paintings of vaginas. Yeah,
1: and his wife was there. Yeah, and which she, was lovely. And she had lemonade. But she cookies. did just
0: go into a barn with a strange man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't very smart. But here's the thing. Uh, so she agreed to it. She let Neville sketch her vagina. Yeah. But I don't think Charlotte really would have done that.
0: Oh, you think it was out of character? For I her. do.
1: I think it was totally out of character because in another season, another artist takes a photo of her dressed up as a man, and yeah. she was very uncomfortable about just doing that. Yeah. Just like dressing up as a man, and I'm like, okay, wait a second. You just let somebody draw your vagina. And you're going to feel uncomfortable about just dressing up as a man. So I just, it it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Why she would do that.
0: Oh, for sure. And I just
1: feel like maybe it was just like pressure, the, well, the pressure of it all. Cause she's out in the, she knows she's out in the middle of nowhere. You know, who knows what was in that lemonade? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but
0: she seems so happy at the end. She seems so happy at the end having his art. Cause that was the whole thing. This was all about transactions and power, right? That's what this whole episode was about.
1: Well, because, well, he...
0: Because she wanted his art in her gallery. Because
1: she made money off of
0: it. Exactly. And she seemed very happy at the end that she had had his art in the gallery and also was giggling with her friends about the sketch of her vagina. And that's
1: what she had to do to get it.
0: So maybe it was out of character for her in terms of what Charlotte became on the show. But at this point in time, Mm. she had no regrets.
1: It's really interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Because this was like...
0: Yeah, I mean, she she did look up to this guy a lot, so.
1: Yeah, but he, like a little bit of a crush he didn't there. Want, yeah,
0: and I think he was creepy for bringing her into the barn, but at the end of the day, he was just trying to do his art, baby, and she, cons- she consented to go into the barn. Totally. She consented to have her vagina drawn for his, you know, gallery. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he did anything wrong. If she did, you know, if she did anything out of character for herself, I think that was maybe on her. He was, like, he had his wife come in. There was another yes. woman present with...
1: Gifts, <laughs>
0: yeah, like I don't know. He asked, she didn't really say yes,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure that she did, they yeah. just didn't show that, really. yeah.
0: <laughs> but Charlotte, <laughs> the real, but these guys are all creepy. Neville, Neville, um, freaking comes into the place and like is like, come into my barn. Skipper randomly shows up at Carrie's place
1: an hour early.
0: No, oh, oh, t- oh, no. that's right, the yeah. Second Skipper time. is the dude who is. Overpowered by Miranda's sexuality. Yes, he looks kind of creepy. He like they were like the casting notice for Skipper must have been like, let's find the Jewiest guy <laughs> we can find. Yes, Which,
1: I love and his little curly hair. Yeah, his his
0: he's very cute with his curly hair, but he's creepy. He shows up to the friend of the girl he's dating's apartment
1: mm-hmm.
0: to knocks on the door just to talk about the friend.
1: Yeah, is this weird. pre-cell phone? <laughs> uh. I think so. I don't think any of them have cell phones.
0: Yeah. Okay. This must be pre-cell phone, but this is super creepy to just show up at the house, knock on the door and be like, I want to talk about your friend who I'm sleeping with.
1: Yes. And obviously she's like in the middle of changing and stuff. And it's like, he did try to leave though. As soon as he walked in, he was like, no, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And she did was like, no, 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 just stay. So, I mean, he did. But that's
0: totally insane. Yeah. To show up, if I randomly showed up to any of my ex's friends' places, knocked on the door, and was like, we're going to talk about this now. Your friend fucks me too much.
1: (laughs) Also, like, I still don't really understand how Skipper... Because this is Skipper's, like, third or fourth time seeing him on the show. Yeah. And I just still don't understand how him and Carrie even... Met or how they're friends?
0: Wait, are he and Carrie friends outside of his relationship with Miranda? Yes. Okay, this is oh, important. Oh, you didn't information know that? Okay, yeah. Have. Okay,
1: that's true. Yes, they. So they were friends. So yeah, Carrie introduced Skipper to Miranda. Okay, that
0: that makes more sense than Skipper's just randomly <laughs> okay. showing up at Carrie's place. Yeah,
1: then. there's the context for that. Yeah. So, but I still don't understand how, why, or how they're friends. Okay,
0: but that the third creepy guy, Gilles, Gilles. wakes Carrie up by saying, "You're so beautiful when you sleep." It's like I met you yesterday. Why are you watching me sleep?
1: I feel like it's weird anytime someone says that.
0: Yeah. I mean that's always a weird, a weird action. And then he gives her a thousand bucks, so
1: True. For having for having
0: slept with her.
1: Have you ever been given money for sex?
0: No. One time I had a a random sexual encounter with a person, and I guess Money had fallen out of my pocket. So the next day, she sent me a, a shot of the money on the on the ground <laughs> or the bed or wherever. It was like, thanks for the cash or whatever. It was like, is this what I was worth? Something like that. Very funny. So I guess I've paid for it before. Oh, okay. Accidentally, though. Accidentally.
1: That's fine. Not on fine. purpose. You weren't just like, mm-hmm. on the floor. That's good.
0: No, I, I'm, a, I'm not the sugar daddy type, as in I am not a—I have no sugar. I'm just <laughs> okay. a daddy. Right. I have no. I have no money to give.
1: Yeah, Gilles— I just don't know. Like, I don't know in casting, like, they thought he was going to come off as super charming or something. I don't, I didn't see it at all. Yeah,
0: I mean, they were just going for tall and technically <laughs> handsome and has a French accent.
1: He was just super creepy.
0: Yeah, no, he was very creepy, and he he wasn't that hot. You have all of Hollywood at your dispense, and that's the hot guy you cast. I know. You can find a hotter guy. But I think the point was it didn't matter if he was hot or not. The other guy had a small penis. they all have their they all have their flaws. They just have money. That's the important part,
1: that's true is the
0: financial stability you get from sleeping with them and spending time with them.
1: I know, but she's already met big at this point. It's like how Wait, can- big
0: was around this early?
1: Oh, yeah, you meet big in the first episode.
0: I didn't realize that,
1: oh yeah. Yeah, Big, they've already met Big.
0: At the end of their 12th movie because there were a movie. How many movies were There's there?
1: There's two two movies. At the
0: end of the second movie is she with Big still? Yes. Okay. Damn, first <laughs> episode to second movie. Not bad, Big, <laughs> not bad.
1: Yes. But so so I don't really see how she is comparing Gilles to Big. Because Big is just like, yeah, he's a creep sometimes, but he's, gen- he's <laughs> was he genuine. A, was he a
0: creep Here's what I was thinking about the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't know who Big is at this point. So she met Big in the first episode. Yes. How did she meet Big?
1: On the street, organically.
0: On the street?
1: Yeah, like they run into each other. Yeah. And she like drops all her stuff out of her purse. And it's like condoms and keys and makeup or whatever. And he just like picks up the condoms and he's like you know is this yours and she's like oh thank very,
0: you. very good meet cute yes very good me but cute. then they Classic. start to
1: like see each other all over town which is
0: not realistic that's not a city of millions and millions
1: yes. of people um but yeah he's still in the picture they're just like
0: the big sure have they have they,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: have, they <laughs> have have they hooked up yet at this point episode five have they gone on a date
1: I'm trying to remember. You
0: don't know? It <laughs> doesn't matter. He's not significant yet.
1: Uh, it's just so hard for me because I I watch the show over and over and over again, and I'm trying to think of the timeline. In this episode— He, he didn't just, even come up. He's just not in it. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing about, especially the first season, Big's just not on it all the time. Yeah. He's just not in every episode. Yeah, there was
0: no mention of him this episode.
1: Yeah, because it just wasn't about that. They just—
0: No, this was about, uh, you know, feminist values, But the, But,
1: yes, they are all messed up. The values are messed up, and especially Samantha's values— like it's so weird to me that she's like justifying that it's okay to trade money for sex cuz I'm like Samantha.
0: That's what this whole episode is about. Is it okay to trade money for sex? Yeah. That's legitimately <laughs> what this episode is about.
1: And I think no.
0: Yeah, and it's like <laughs> and it's about how how much can you use your femininity and feminine wiles in order to get what it is that you need, right? Because for for Charlotte, even though she ended up just having to have her you know, cooch painted. Right. But, like, it was, legitimately there was a discussion earlier about whether or not she should have sex with this guy to get his art in her gallery.
1: Yeah, and she was kind of thinking about it. Oh, yeah.
0: She was definitely on the fence. She was 50-50 at the end of that discussion. And that dude was gross. Neville was gross.
1: Yes. Oh, we should describe him. He was, like, old, like... Well, I don't want to say like.
0: Okay. He looked kind of like the doctor in Independence Day. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like long gray, white a large, hair. Long, scraggly. Hippie-ish yeah. looking, a little cray cray in the eye. And
0: Charlotte. Charlotte is a uh, is so pretty. She's
1: so cute. She's and so
0: cute. She should not have had sex with that man no, in order I'm, to. I'm glad she didn't. Yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> I, I did make these a little strong. Yeah, you made these really strong.
0: Sorry. I drank the whole thing. You've had like you went, three yeah sips. You drink yours
1: super fast.
0: You gave me a drink. I drank it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about the poker game?
0: Yeah, what the fuck was going on with this poker and They're like, listen, we want to have a TV show where these girls are empowered, or these women are empowered, so they act like dudes. So we're going to have them playing poker.
1: Yeah, so, so normally the four girls are like... When they have their conversation, like like a brunch or something, yeah, they're at brunch or or dinner or whatever. But this episode, they're like, you know, let's just throw them in a poker game at Carrie's house, you know. And uh, just like, what?
0: Yeah, it it doesn't make sense.
1: And like, no, none of them are even really playing, they're just talking. Yeah, next time,
0: like, it's like next episode, we just see them peeing at urinals (laughs) together, having a conversation. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, none of them are actually playing. And during the, during the, during the poker game they're just having this conversation about basically the money for sex conversation yeah. about also a lot of this like played out like an old comedy act where they're like the whole episode is like men are like this women are like this this is what gender is
1: Yeah well that's kind of the whole first season
0: is of it? Sex in the City yeah.
1: it's just very much like there wasn't a lot of it in this episode but in other previous episodes it's been a lot of like interviewing random people talking to the camera about like really? Yeah,
0: that was a device they used in the first season.
1: Yes, uh, they, and they slowly fade out of it,
0: like kind of like in um, in a uh, when Harry met Sally, where they have like couples talking to the camera. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah,
1: but instead it was just like one person yeah. talking to camera. But even they have in this episode, Carrie like talks to the camera, like when she's hugging Amelita. Yeah, and she, she does looks talk at to the, the camera. camera, and she's like, you know, people call her Euro trash, but I just thought she was fun. It's just like. You're hugging her right now. Like, yeah. she can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, there's
0: a little bit of a timeout Say by the Bell thing going
1: yes, on. Yes. Yeah. Where she
0: can, where she obviously knows where they're watching.
1: Which they faded that out eventually, yeah. too. Okay. Say by the Bell.
0: Oh, yeah. Say by the Bell didn't use the timeouts anymore. That's the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that you have this show that is like purporting to talk about like feminist values and stuff, but the main character, all she cares about is like shoes and fashion, and whether or not they can eat at the fanciest restaurant in New York.
1: Like, Carrie's the worst.
0: Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's just like we're in such a different era right now. Like, do you remember the movie in and out with Kevin Klein?
1: Yes, I love that movie. Okay, yes.
0: Very funny movie. But if you look at it through where we're at culturally, yes. in terms of how we understand, like, what it is to be gay now. Right. Like, if you look at that versus Moonlight,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, it's kind of like looking at, you know, Sex in the City versus what's a modern-day feminist show, like Insecure or something like that. Right. You know, where it's, like, just a much more realistic portrayal of what it is to be a woman, or at least a much more grounded one in terms of, like, what feminism is now. Because this is a show that's, like, they they bring up the ideas. Miranda brought them up a couple times Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, what what does it mean to be an empowered woman? You're trying to get money for sex, but at the same time, they're like, "But at the end of the day, the two most important things are these shoes and this spot at this restaurant."
1: Yeah, it's um, it's horrible, and 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 that's why I wanted to do this podcast is because the show is still relevant today. Yeah, but when it first aired, it w- it was at least the first show to really start talking about like it's it's what they talk about is crazy now. Compared oh, yeah. to today, yeah, but they were the first show to start talking about it. it yeah, the first no, show this show about- was a
0: big deal. Yeah, this show was a very big deal.
1: And uh, so it kind of like spawned all these other now feminist shows, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of really cool to see how it's evolved and how it's much better now. Oh
0: yeah, but and it was a, it was definitely like a monster hit and very culturally relevant. You know, yeah. everybody knows what Sex in the City is. Yes. and not many things become a part of the monoculture. And this did. It's just also like, you know, 20 years later, however long later, yeah. fucking insane to watch this show. You realize how far we've come, yes. you know, in terms of at least representation. There's literally not a single black, Asian, Latina person who shows up in this entire episode.
1: no. No, and uh, further on, there are episodes that will bring in non-white people. Yeah. Um, They're far and few. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So, do you have any personal rants or raves? Like, anything else that you just thought was just so crazy? Anything else you want to bring
0: up? Um, I just think it's, like, so funny and unreal. I mean, I talked about this earlier, but having a broke, having the main, like, thrust of a story being that she is broke, but in a world of such excess— Yes. seems like so disingenuous just the entire thing seems so disingenuous and there's it's like such uh you know the the other side of this is like entourage like a show like entourage can only exist in a world where everyone's doing pretty all right economically right because you, you don't want to watch entourage right now when so many people are struggling right. and then his main problem is like I didn't get cast in a movie <laughs> and her main problem is like, I can't afford these shoes. You know, it's like so the problems like really just don't don't um, connect right. with the world of today.
1: Well, yeah, just that shot of her just throwing her bills in the trash can. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you're gonna go to jail. She
0: didn't open her <laughs> bills. She's like, yeah, exactly. It's like you're irresponsible. I mean, that's
1: the crazy part. It's just like the show is supposed to be like we're women and we live on our own and we're empowered and we have jobs. But we're also super irresponsible with our love lives as well as our financial responsibilities. It's like, what? Yeah,
0: totally insane. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But that is a theme that reoccurs. Her being broke all the time. And you
0: can tell how old it is, though, by the fact that she's like a prominent newspaper columnist. (laughs) A job that doesn't really exist anymore. No. It's like, so like today, Carrie Bradshaw would just be like blogging on medium.com <laughs> yeah. and like hoping enough of her friends shared it so she could get like a hundred hits. Right. But in this world where journalism was still a thing, you know, she was able to have a full-time job as a sex columnist. Yeah. In New York City.
1: And her apartment was rent controlled too. Yeah. So Is
0: that a thing? Does that come up?
1: It does. Okay. It does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy uh, in this show, like essentially about excess and luxury, that she's poor.
1: Yeah, all the time.
0: I want to know how much money she makes.
1: I'm pretty sure there's like articles that have figured it out.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll post a link, <laughs> a link to those articles.
0: Yeah, I want to. I, I do want to know. I wanted to see a little bit more of Charlotte and Miranda this episode. Yeah, they really weren't. No. Very present.
1: And I just, like, at the end when they're at the gallery and they're trying to guess which which vagina picture is Charlotte's, it's just crazy to me that they thought, like, what are they basing it on? Have they seen Charlotte's vagina? No,
0: but we all have an idea of what Charlotte's <laughs> vagina looks like. I think it's super <laughs> compact and cute. She's tiny. I don't know.
1: But, yeah, they're just like, this one, this one.
0: Yeah, no, that's a fun little game. It's a like- fun little button to the episode. <laughs>
1: Crazy. And you said you said Miranda and Charlotte you wanted to see more of? Yeah, they just weren't really yeah. present at
0: all. I mean, Charlotte had her scenes with the guy, but there was like two quick scenes.
1: Yeah, and Miranda and Skipper, they didn't really show Miranda overpowering Skipper.
0: I just think we have, a in, in entertainment right now, we have a much more nuanced version of what like a relationship is. I do like that they, that probably was like a big deal back then, you know, showing Skipper this man who was like being overpowered by a woman's sexuality? I bet when that aired, that was like a big deal.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was. You know,
0: and now I've never met a woman whose sexuality doesn't overpower <laughs> me. So it's know. like, because like going back to the in and out comparison, that's like a movie oh, right, where right, it's right. like at the time it was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. This story, and now when you look at it, it's like all the bad gay stereotypes are yes. in it. Like it's really bad.
1: It's so bad. I, I think I recently saw it maybe like two years ago, and I was just watching it like, oh. Ooh, yeah, oh, look how like, far oh. we've gone.
0: <laughs> but you need these things to break ground. So I guess the show the show breaks ground it in does. a good way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about Hottie of the Week. Who was Hottie of the Week? It's so it's so hard because they were all creepy.
0: Oh, of the dudes? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Hottie of the Week should probably be, be Jill. In Carrie's eyes, he was Hottie of the Week. Yeah. I'm going with Juan Carlo. He had loads of money. He <laughs> yeah. had a tiny dick. So even if you fuck him for that money, like, it's not really... Anything to you? Right. He like had a tiny dick. He knew how to use it. So she probably came. Yeah. Uh, he bought her friend shoes. <laughs> what am I gonna go with, Skipper?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, not in this episode. Skipper, just he was just kind of whiny.
0: Maybe I'll go with Skipper. Skipper was at least, like, expressing himself emotionally and trying to connect with his own, like, abilities as a man. Like, you know, emotionally, my hottie of the week is Skipper. Skipper was definitely having a bit of an existential crisis about his own masculinity and his ability to keep up with a woman sexually. That's hot, right?
1: Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Communication. I don't think it'd be hot to Miranda.
0: No, not at all. But, uh. No, not not actually hot. I Um, meant hot in more of a joking way.
1: If you wanted to, you could also throw in Amelita, I guess. We oh, Amelita
0: to- was—I <laughs> guess. I mean, she was floozing it up around town for money, right? But she was super attractive, and yeah, more power to her. She had her game on lockdown. I'm with her. If that's what here's—that's my thing about being a sugar baby. If you want to be a sugar baby and you can get these rich dudes to give you money, you either have to lock one down as a husband eventually. Right. Or you have to have a—because you age out of being a sugar baby. Baby is in the name.
1: Right. That's true.
0: You know? So it's like when you're a 45-year-old woman, I guess you can go for 80-year-old men. But at that point, (laughs) you know.
1: She was owning it. Definitely. She was owning
0: it. No, she knew what she was doing.
1: And even at the— I just
0: wonder how much she was saving. You know, I none I, I, yeah. zero. Like, I feel like she needed to get a good savings account, a four hundred one k from these men.
1: No, I'm sure she wasn't even using. That's not 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 even a real name. Um,
0: she's my hottie. Of the
1: week, <laughs> okay, she was
0: the only one who was empowered.
1: True, and whoever can smoke a cigarette out of one of those, what are they called? Like the holders? Yeah, the cigarette holders. Holders? Yeah, I mean, classic. That's so classic. They're just like she's
0: European. What does she do? <laughs> cigarette holders.
1: Oh, and did we say the name of the restaurant they were at? Balzac? Balzac, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, we didn't say it.
1: Okay. It's Balzac. Yeah,
0: Balzac. Balzac.
1: Ridiculous. Which
0: is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, so let's talk about... That was their big problem. That, that honestly, to me, registers the biggest problem of the episode was like, we can't get a table at this really fancy restaurant named Balzac. And then the way that they eventually get a table at this fancy restaurant is women helping women. You know, she That's gave... Right. The hostess a tampon. The tampon. And then they forever were granted status at this restaurant, which I think is nice. Women helping women is a nice message.
1: Yeah, but they should have—that shouldn't have had to happen for the women to be unified. You know what I mean? Like, Samantha should have talked to the hostess just nicely and respectfully. But that wouldn't (laughs) have worked. No, I guess not. I don't know. But speaking of the hostess, that kind of fits into the next segment— who wore what, why? So the hostess, if you notice, kept wearing little hats.
0: Yeah, she kept wearing different <laughs> hats. It was like when you go to one of those. Jeff, you ever gone to one of those Starbucks reserves? Starbucks reserve is the no. fancy Starbucks, they make them wear weird hats. Like people are wearing fedoras and different. Okay, you know, we only not talk about sometimes that. Sometimes
1: they're called fascinators. They're like little hats. Like mm-hmm. they're like worn in Britain a lot. Yeah. Like the queen and princesses over in europe fascinators like just little hats
0: listen the idea of who wore what why i will never understand why they were wearing these things carrie was wearing a um what are those things a boa while they were walking through central park on a date that was presumably at noon
1: that was bad (laughs) that feather boa she was
0: wearing a feather boa and a dress a multicolored dress
1: yes i like the dress and the jacket but that Light blue feather boa thing was... But but also the shoes that she bought, the shoes that she wanted to buy in the beginning were like pink furry shoes. Yes,
0: they looked like, you know, when little <laughs> girls in elementary school would have a pen that on the top of the pen yes. or the cap of the pen would be like a furry...
1: Yeah, like the troll hair.
0: Yes, troll hair shoes. She was wearing troll hair shoes.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, and that's really, those are really the only weird fashion things I kind of saw.
0: Yeah, the there done. weren't too many weird fashion things. The The woman who was the hostess who had all the power in the town of seating people at this restaurant. Yes,
1: little hats.
0: Yeah, she was wearing a lot of little hats. But I think that was her way of showing that she was like with it and with the times. Yeah. It's very hard to tell what they were satirizing versus what they were glorifying.
1: It's <laughs> all the same. I you know,
0: because they were talking about how amazing this woman was. But were they satirizing her or were they saying, like, no, she should have had power? Because they didn't really overtly make fun of her at all. No. They were just like, no, she has power and we get it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: she's, she's, like, it's the like, gatekeeper. We like, the, we
0: like these little hats. That yeah. shows that she has status. But I feel like now if they made a thing about that, like, the person wearing the little hats would be played as a joke versus being played as a status symbol.
1: Right. Hats mean status symbol. Yeah. In Sex in the City.
0: Yes. Little hats.
1: Actually, that comes back now that I think about it. Really? Yeah. Like in a, like fifth season. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. So next segment. Mm-hmm. So which girl did you identify with the most? So you are such a.
0: Oh man, I'm definitely <laughs> not a Carrie. I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but I think I might be more of a Miranda. This, episode. but she was a. I'm either a Miranda or a Charlotte. I might be a Charlotte because I get myself into a lot of situations. Mm. Like, Charlotte just, like, got herself into a situation this time where she's like, I guess I have to let this man paint my vagina. (laughs) I could see myself getting into that situation where I just, like, accidentally talk to somebody for too long. And I'm like, I guess it would be weird if I didn't show you my penis right now. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You
0: know, a little bit naive. Like, Charlotte, I mean, uh, yeah, she's definitely a little bit naive. And she... She just like ends up in this weird situation with this man because she like she was like in a hope for the best, expect the worst of yeah, situation. Going with the flow. Yeah. So I end up with a lot of that. But I also would be the one. I'm so I'm either a Charlotte or a Miranda <laughs> here.
1: Okay. So Brad, you are such a I'm
0: going Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. There it
1: is. I feel like for me, um, <sighs> Maybe a maybe a Miranda. You're a Miranda? I think I'm such a Miranda. Oh,
0: tell me why. Well have I have you just, ever overpowered a man with your sexuality? I mean, that's like- what we know about her. All we know about Miranda in this episode is that she likes to have sex a lot in the afternoon and not let you stay over. And also she was the one who was pushing back. She was the only one who pushed back on this idea of prostituting yourself.
1: Yes, I, I do fully believe that you should not prostitute yourself out. But also, uh, she also just seemed, I don't know if I overpower men <laughs> with my sexuality, <laughs> but she did seem kind of just annoyed with Skipper in general. And I yeah. definitely have that feeling a lot. With men.
0: Skipper seemed very needy.
1: <laughs> yes. It's I, like,
0: dude, just not, uh, be chill. He was self aware about it. That's why he went and saw Carrie. He was like, I'm true, obsessed with her. True. And I know she doesn't like that. It's like, yeah, nobody likes somebody who's obsessed with them.
1: I don't I don't like needy men. Yeah. So I'm such a Miranda.
0: You're such a Miranda.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add or say?
0: No, just that I was blown away by how dated it seemed.
1: <laughs> so dated.
0: Yeah. And how if this came out, if this came out on TV right now, the number of think pieces that would come out the next day are truly insane.
1: <laughs> well, that's the other thing about Sex and the City is we didn't have like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these outlets to like complain about the episode. Or, or talk about it. All we had it. was
0: ratings. So we're like, people are watching it so everybody must love it. Yeah.
1: But you really didn't know what everybody else was thinking about it at the time because there it's was true. no way to express that or communicate that to strangers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But now there is.
0: Well, there's been this whole pushback online this week or all these articles online about people who are getting friends for the first time because of Netflix. It's so, like people in Britain like binge watching the whole thing and realizing kind of how problematic the humor is. Mm. It's pretty homophobic. <laughs> they make fun of Monica because she used to be fat so there's a lot of body shaming oh. you know there's a lot of things that are really out of vogue right now so i do wonder if there's a new community of english speakers with similar values to our own right now who saw sex in the city for the first time what would their reaction be and i'm guessing it wouldn't be good no not at all because it just values this weird excess and this weird like and it, and it treats sexuality. I mean, this one is like literally about it being like a transaction. Totally. But just it's like, it seems like very old conceptions of love, at least being played with in this episode. Yes. They don't even mention love, like she's, or no. like an actual connection with a human being.
1: Well, see, here's the thing like, she, when she, in the voiceover, she says, like, oh, I realized like he didn't even have my phone number. And I'm like, if that was me, I would have, like, run down the hall and been like, hey, Gilles, wait up. Here's my number. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, or I would have been like, oh, I'll just call Amelita and tell, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, if I really thought there was a connection there.
0: But on a certain level, it's probably important. (laughs) You know, I think at the time in media, mostly it was just, like, men who were having one-night stands. So getting that from a woman's perspective yeah. Even though it's not the most progressive today, <laughs> like 15, 20 years ago, that might have, they were doing pretty good, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I was a child who was just watching <laughs> it being like, yeah.
1: <laughs> Somebody's having sex. I would
0: just watch it being like, when are the, sec- the three second sex scenes going to happen <laughs> so I can try to.
1: But unfortunately, no, no boobies in this. No
0: boobs this episode. Yeah, no, no um, nudity
1: at all.
0: No nudity at all.
1: Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of the nudity doesn't come up until later.
0: Yeah, they need to make it more salacious to keep their viewers and to keep yeah. up with the times.
1: But you never see Carrie's anything, so. No.
0: Do you see everybody else's?
1: hmm yeah.
0: yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker, keeping it real. Yeah. Having standards yeah. in terms oh, yeah. of what She's she'll show and won't show. Got in
1: that contract.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, It was definitely a blast to have Brad on the show. And I also wanted to thank a few people that also make the show possible. John Fredette for the music. Check him out at johnfredette.com brad silnitzer our guest terrence deutsch producer and everyone over at boardwalk audio again please check us out on instagram and facebook both at cosmos and the city or on twitter at catc podcast if you have any thoughts opinions ideas whatever you can email us at cosmos at gmail.com we would definitely love to hear from you um let us know what you think about it and we may even read some stuff out loud on the podcast so uh thanks so much and we'll catch you next week cheers